This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Pivotal Conversations podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Trainor. And before we launch into today's episode with Luke Tullick, um, there's just a few things that I want to go over. And without taking too much time um, away from the episode with Luke, uh, the first one of those is that we are currently taking on trainers within our PT Mastery program. So the program is one in which we deliver education and coaching, uh, not only uh, to equip you with the tools that you need to become a world-renowned coach but also to create clarity on what the step-by-step process is uh, within your own career and within your own business so we do this through education from some of the well, uh, the industry's best um, such as Luke and Jordan Shallow and and you know we have uh, 12 uh, world-renowned experts on the three main subjects of um, obviously science, mindset, um, and business, and and the way you manage your money, and creating wealth. So, um, if you are a PT out there and you are struggling with what the next step is for you, um, or you you feel like you're ready to take the next level, just reach out. Uh, we do offer a free chat um, to help you set up a plan. No strings attached. Nothing like that. Uh, so it is, if it is something that you are uh, thinking about or you just want to know a little bit more information, feel free to shoot us a message. Uh, check out our links there in our um, our bios and you can definitely reach out and we can def- definitely just jump on a, on, a, on a call or have a chat or even do it over Messenger. Um, now, this in this episode with Luke... Um, we dive deep into the neuroscience and really the process of a of success and how you can use this to and almost give you a, a bird's eye view of what it looks like from not only within the brain but also how you can implement these to achieve whatever it is you want. So whether you're a PT trying to achieve success within your career, whether you're someone who's recently started a journey in fitness and you're looking to take that journey to the next level but you know sometimes you're struggling with motivation, we, we kind of really talk about the key principles that allow you to have success in um, – you know any, anything that you're trying to achieve and we also uh really emphasize the the reason that um having a process orientated mindset is key not only from just a um position where you you know uh from a position where you're trying to achieve success but also we go into the science of and prove really why it should be um the way you think if you are trying to achieve success and we also talk about luke's um progression within his career and also you know nearly everything he's done he does has is process orientated from setting goals to um the way he sets up his days and his weeks and all of this and i can honestly say that um luke has been the uh I guess he has allowed me and my learnings from him have allowed me to implement uh, a lot of my uh, goal, uh, my processes, uh, which have helped me achieve my goals along uh, my very own career. Um, so it's a really, really cool episode. Um, and just some housekeeping before around the 20 minute around once you hit the 20 minute mark, we, um, we actually 
were recording and we had a, a malfunction with um, our software so it stopped recording and we recorded about another 20 minutes which was unfortunate but we tried to pick up from where we ended as best as we can so I'm going to include just a 10 second clip so you know where that happens from so you don't get too confused um, and hopefully that doesn't ruin the episode for you but I'm sure I'm pretty sure we picked up and, and really dove even deeper than what we did originally so um, as always if you enjoyed the episode the best way that you can support this podcast and make sure that it continues and we continue to get great guests on is um, by sharing the podcast and and leaving reviews for us Um, and if you can do that then you know we can uh, we can also definitely start to get some of the guests that you want so that leads me to my next topic is if there's anything you want to hear on the podcast if there's anything you want me to explain um, or if there's any guests that you want us to have on please reach out that the more help we can get from you to deliver exactly what you want the better this podcast can go and the, and the more impact we can make on a larger scale so i'll leave it there guys i hope you enjoy the episode and if you have any questions as well make sure you reach out to either luke or myself and, and ask anything um, in regards to what we've talked about um, it could even lead to some future topics that we cover um, make sure you check out Luke's Instagram. He's great. He's always answering questions on all the fundamental topics of um, fi- of fitness and achieving results from based on the mo- the most recent uh, research. He answers questions every day, hundreds of them. It's actually quite amazing. He's got a lot of courses that you can do that I 100% um, think that you you know if you are someone who is looking to learn the fundamentals of fitness or you're looking to learn the physiology they're second to none they're the best in the business and luke is one of the best in the business in taking the bleeding edge principles of science that sometimes can be really confusing and and making them uh, palatable for us to learn and and really creating a foundation of knowledge that allows us to really take the next step in in our own knowledge whether that's getting results with our own um bodies or or our clients as well so uh, i hope you enjoy the episode guys and uh, i'll see you on the other side this is the one I've been looking to the most um, because I know how one thing that I've realized about learning about the brain and metacognition is Mm. the way it affects not only your mentality but the way you think about success or or how it's accumulated over time Mm. um, from a process standpoint so the reason you know I look at someone like yourself and I go you're so process driven and before yeah. I never fucking I never understood it mm. I was like he's just what the fuck like, how's he doing this how's it that <laughs> yeah. but the more I learn about neuroscience yeah. the more I realise that um, and, and the more I realise how learning actually happens yeah. but also how connections are made and, and the, how that actually the, the perception that that gives you mm. so um when you almost remove the self from things. And and you know what? Like I heard Sam Harris talk about it and, Mm. you know, I'm a massive Sam Harris fan. Um, But because I didn't have that background knowledge on neuroscience, I always just, I understood it, but I didn't really understand it. And now the more I'm diving deep in and wanting to understand it, the more I realize it's like, fuck man, like it's all just pro like, yeah, the the reason we're so process driven is because the process externally drives the process internally. Yeah, totally. And that's like, for me, that was like, ah, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, So, um, that's, and and like, I want you to talk about that from a a success standpoint. Like, Mm. a lot of people 
me and Rose actually just talked about this, which was really cool. It's like, you know, we're so, as an industry, we're so outcome driven yep. in terms of um, from a business standpoint is like, you mm. know, people want money tomorrow or they want results with their business tomorrow. They want to have it all now. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't neglect the importance of outcomes because they create direction. For sure. But it really is the process that matters from an internal progression standpoint. And, mm. you know, you, you know, like we talk about it, it's like, as a PT, your business is only ever going to be as good as you. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for unless sure. you obviously start to outsource and, and grow the business to a point where it becomes a company, you know, like with, yeah. with many, many people, but it's still only ever as good as you. Yeah. Um, but more as a sole trader, if you're a PT working out of a gym or something like that, then, you know, this is where your ability to have a, a, an abundance of knowledge and, and also, you know, what you presented on that systems and synergy, the mm. skill of acquiring skills. Yeah. Like, you know, for me, now I've pieced it all together, but I think that becomes important from a, a progression standpoint in business is, you know, removing the self and understanding that everything is process driven because that's what drives the process within our yeah, head. For sure. Um, do you want to elaborate on that from a, a removing the self standpoint? So, you know, um, and obviously coming from a neuroscience background, it's mm. the importance of uh, being process driven in the way you do things for your ability to learn yep. and uh, an understanding of progression, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think like a lot of what we're doing is... The, let me start with this. There's there's something called an emergent property of cognition, right? Which means that there's a bunch of different smaller pieces that come together to make a whole. And at some point, we cross over this boundary, this murky boundary of like, now we're conscious. Like, when does that emerge? When does that come together? Um, but prior to that, all it is, is it's a bunch of different structures in the brain that are relaying little pieces of information to each other. And people often try to make an analogy to a computer, right? Because it's easier to conceptualize it that way. But if you think about it that way, it's like little bits of information and they all get built up together and it's all these little pieces of electronics that are sending little electrical signals to each other. And it's kind of similar in the brain. And all of that eventually emerges into something greater. And when it crosses that boundary, we don't really know. Like that's the, that's the sort of hard problem of consciousness, right? Mm. But fundamentally what's happening is there are a bunch of those smaller processes occurring and it's coming together to create something greater um, and what we're actually doing when those processes are going is we're changing the physical structure of the brain as well so the process the processes themselves are altering the structure and that's creating a sort of different m mega structure i suppose of the brain and so i think that's kind of where it comes in is like the processes that you involve yourself with and the stuff that you do every day, the habits that you put into place are physically altering your brain, which is essentially you. It's altering you, right? Because you're the emergent property or your consciousness is the emergent property of that physical structure. Mm. So that's where I think the process driven stuff is really important because, you know, again, like you said, focusing on outcomes is good. It's good to have an outcome, but it's never going to be a target that you can hit and be satisfied with. So when I started as a trainer, just to bring this into something practical, um, well, let me let me bring it back to when we started. We opened Lyft, right? So the gym that I that I sort of still work at a little bit now, but not so much anymore. Um, when we first opened that, there was no work. 
like we were waiting for a DA approval to come through and we couldn't open the doors. I literally had no work, mm. so no income. And when we started working, I thought, okay, sweet. If I can make 50K a year here, I'd be very, very happy. Hit 50K, no worries, felt pretty, pretty satisfied with that. But then it's like, okay, well, we can do better than this. It's 70K, it's 80K, it's 90K, it's 100K, it's 150K. 200K is now my target. It never, never, never stops, right? You're never completely satisfied. Once you hit that outcome, you can never rest on your laurels. It's impossible. Mm. And you hear that all the time and it sounds a little bit like airy-fairy, but it's absolutely true. Once you hit a target, unless you set yourself another target, you're dead. Like that's it. There's nothing left. Mm. So it, you have to be process-driven because the process is not going to stop, which is simultaneously powerful and terrifying. You know, If you're involved in this process of trying to make yourself better or okay, every single client that comes to see me, I'm going to try and service to the best of my ability. And this is specifically what I'm going to do to do that from a day-by-day -day basis. Um, that's never going to stop, but it's going to end up getting you towards your outcome and beyond to the next outcome and beyond to the next outcome. So I think all of those things are really important is being focused on the process because it helps you to avoid overwhelm of the outcome. It helps you to move beyond the outcome to the next outcome. And it also physically changes you and makes you better over time by actually physically changing your brain and your cognition. So that's where I've come into it is just trying to have that process driven mentality from a day by day basis, um, just to try and improve over time. You know, that's what I spoke about with Jordan on his podcast is I'm trying to make myself a better human by engaging in these learning processes. And they're not all to do with training and nutrition. It's also to do with things like learning languages or learning music or reading books. It's trying to just be process driven in all of those. So if I can um, engage myself in a different way of thinking, a different way of being creative on a day by day basis, then I think overall that's going to contribute to more areas of my life than just that narrow discipline. I think trying to be creative in music or in writing or in reading is going to expand my horizons to other things like the paradigm shift exactly yeah. yeah so that's where i'm coming from and like you know we we are only ever confined to the paradigms mm. that's that we we have right so it's like you know um unless you're you're continuously progressing your what you think is capable mm. never it never never progresses right For so sure. it's like you know you said it before i was the same like you know when i first come into the industry i was like okay I just want to make, you know, enough money to pay for my food. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You know, You'd I be wanna, stoked with that. Yeah, I want to go to the gym. Like, you know, can I, you know, what, what is it? What, what is it that I want to achieve? And then all of a sudden, three months later, without even knowing that I'm a, a step closer or, or being conscious of it, right? Like my goals, it's grown exponentially. And, yeah. and you know, like if you had asked me when I first started that I would be, you know, Ask, hassling you for neuroscience books and, <laughs> know, and like speaking to my my stepdad about you know all the stuff that he's been through and learning and, and and about the mindset stuff but also trying to make connections between mindset and neuroscience and understanding on that level i would have said you're crazy like i just yep. i love fucking lifting weights i love learning about science because i get to apply it on my clients mm. um but then you know i started to see the paradigm shift with me and and me chasing that and you know the the different elements that went into that was what really sparked me to want to learn more yeah uh, to want and and you're right because it it is it is that the more i understand it and the more i learn as well um about this exact topic the more i understand what it takes other people to mm. um which is 
where my passion lies now. So um, you're going to know more about this than I do. And, and, and it's probably, it's something that I wanted to chat to you about and it's consciousness, mm-hmm. right? And we've obviously got the, there's two two different modes in a sense that mm-hmm. they, they it gets talked about and there's the uh, kind of, the intuitive side of it mm-hmm. um, and then there's the bare attention side um, yep. and it's obviously that's where the murky border is in between those yeah. um, from a neuroscience standpoint I know that obviously there's the two sides of the brain and mm. is is that where the barrier lies in between because like I don't know uh, for me I read it and I'm like okay you, that might be the case, but then it may, may not as well. From obviously, they talk about uh, the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. Mm. Is it as simple as uh, they they obviously integrate a little bit, yeah. right? But is it is it as is it as clear cut as one the left side and the right side control both the two different modes? I think it's more a case of like various pathways and different areas of the brain interfacing with each other. And, you know, to what level is that happening that's within our conscious boundaries? It's like you don't have to think about breathing for that to occur, right? That's Mm. like an automatic thing that's controlled at a certain level of, you know, certain pathways within your brain are responsible for that. Um, But there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in the background as well. You know, this is where I talk about learning. You've got this focused mode where you're you're focused on a piece of information. You're trying to put it into your brain and stick it into your long-term memory. But a lot of that actually occurs when you're away from the material and those neuronal connections are forming and those pathways are being, I suppose, strengthened because they continually light up in a specific sequence. And that's actually when you form those bridges between neurons and you form those memories. So I've had the experience before of trying to learn something like a piece of music that's complex or something like that. I get frustrated with it. It's cool. I put my guitar down. I sleep on it. And the next day I come back and I'm better at it. So when we're away from that, the brain is still working below our level of consciousness to perform a lot of those basic functions, to do a lot of background thinking, I suppose. Um, but I think it, it sort of, it, it's interfacing between different regions of the brain. And so we know things like the limbic system, for example, are a little bit more involved in emotion and Fe- things like and that, right? And fear, yeah, yeah, exactly. Those primal sort of driven processes. And that's often stuff that's a little bit outside our control. Mm. Um, you know, so it's pretty interesting because I think that can kind of bleed over into anything you're doing. Um, but we don't, like you said, it's murky. We don't know exactly how it works or anything like that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's like quite a fascinating thing. Yeah. So, I mean, we were talking about this before, but from a standpoint of the lymphic system and, mm. and fear and, and these kind of things and then gating from these different um areas of the brain and and you know some i'm reading a book at the moment and, and it dives deep into this kind of stuff but also how um these pathways can be um or they can they can be shaped in different ways based on experience mm-hmm. right so it's it's a combination of um environmental experience uh, the environment and an experience totally. as well yeah. um I want to go back to that and mm. I want to talk about overwhelm mm-hmm. and the neuro and the science behind it and, and how that actually happens in the brain because is overwhelm a result of 
different pathways i mean so is is overwhelm a result of the reward system yeah i think it's i think it's a lot of stuff going on at once right um we often think about uh things like very emotional events or stress or anything like that as filling a bucket Mm. you know so if you like let's say you have a lot of stuff going on uh, in your personal life and you're trying to learn or you're trying to do a complex task it can mitigate your ability to perform that to the highest level Mm. it's kind of almost like it's taking up bandwidth right Um, and so that's not a great situation for learning for completing complex tasks for being creative all of those type of things it kind of interferes with those processes and the communication between those different areas of the brain Mm. a great example of this is like your experience of pain from say an injury or something like that you know you can have no structural problems and experience a great deal of pain Um, and the same experience of pain would be different between each individual because it's based on an aggregation of all of those different experiences um, that you've experienced. So like to give you an example, people with fibromyalgia may have, uh, they well, there's some literature that points to the fact that they may have had greater emotional trauma early mm. on in their lives. Now I'm not saying that causes it, but it's possible that it contributes to it. Um, you know, so it's quite interesting how all of those other things that you would think are not necessarily related to uh, the task you're trying to do can contribute to things like feeling overwhelmed, to feeling physical pain, uh, to feeling emotional pain. Um, all of those kind of things can can tie in. It can be something as simple as like you haven't slept as well. It could be something like you're not eating that well, you're not exercising, or it could be something as profound as like having had uh, an emotional trauma when you're younger, or something along those lines, emotional abuse or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So, and and the reason I ask is because I know that they, they I'm reading the book and the, the book's about OCD, mm. and they talk about OCD and and basically what's going on in that is that um, there's a direct pathway and an indirect pathway, and it's the um, it's I think it's the direct pathway where um, it it's all based on a reward system from the uh, through the striatum. So mm-hmm. the striatum's obviously um, got a lot to do with um emotion and these kind of things but also um motor uh motor motor hey guys just to inform you this was the point in which we actually stopped recording um so after this you'll see the continuation of where we stopped and i hope that we pick off from where we left off because it was a really great conversation and this is just to let you know that this is the point in which it happened and sorry we just had a, a a bit of a breakdown and it's 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 actually stopped recording and we missed about 20 minutes but we're gonna we'll we'll roll on from where we we got up to and and basically what i was talking about is how um the striatum obviously plays a pivotal role in um the emotion and and emotional regulation Mm -hmm. um but it also plays a big role in um motor action so i think what i talked about before was obviously when we're driving a manual car right so our ability to um shift gears happens almost automatically without us knowing um and what happens within the brain um from a a gating standpoint and a pathway standpoint is um you obviously um when you're uh, completing a particular task or doing something and you're expecting that reward that's the the uh, 
motor so yeah, that's how the emotional side and the motor action side of um, that process actually ties in mm-hmm. um, and then what happens in OCD is is um, they aren't getting the reward that they're expecting from yep. the process um, which you can almost make an argument is the same in overwhelm yep. so um, you know in, in regards to um, placing so much emphasis on the outcome yeah right and and they, that there's that it's it's not what is uh, they're not getting the same um, outcome if that makes sense and and it would follow a similar pathway in a sense but um so you know going back to that is in, within ocd that you know they might wash their hands but then they're not getting the sensation or the feeling um, yeah. of them actually washing their hands because of the pathway within the brain is is um, broken to what it normally would be so they have this necessity to go back and wash their hands and wash their hands and wash their hands but they're never actually getting that sensation yeah um totally you know we see that in a lot of different things whether you you know your propensity to enjoy exercise your propensity to feel satisfied from a meal so you know there's definitely a component of obesity where some people do not get the same the same reward signal from eating the same amount of food you know they get a lower reward signal and so they have to eat more and more and more food or more rewarding food i.e junk food to kind of feel that satisfaction from eating um, and a similar thing with exercise. Some people actually get less of a reward signal from exercise. And as we know, some people are addicted to exercise. They just love it so much because they get such a powerful reward signal from it. Um, you know, so, you know, then we sort of kind of moved on from there and spoke about, well, do your genes determine who you are then and how you're going to behave? And I think, you know, we both sort of agreed that we probably believe that, that free will is not really a thing that that exists the way that most people think it does because we can see that that certain signals occur in the brain before we're aware of it some of that sort of conscious and unconscious stuff that we spoke about before but you know at the end of the day you've still got to be you've got to try and be responsible for your actions there's no way of sitting there and going well look you know i just don't like exercise and i just you know i just eat food and i can't help myself you've still got to try and make that effort to change the structure of your brain through that process driven behavior you know you can still alter that like they say um, your genes might load the gun but the environment pulls the trigger and you can change that environment you can be the person who engages in uh, in habits in routines in processes that then set you up for success now you might not end up being you know the, the best person you might not be able to be someone who can just eat chicken breast every day for the rest of their lives but at the same time you can certainly do a lot more than just sit there and be a victim of that's well, I suppose that's a sort of victim mentality in a way. Yeah, and I think you know we we also chatted about kind of volition, and mm. for those that don't know, that's the kind of will to make a, a choice. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's what you're talking about, right? Is like, uh, unfortunately, that's what comes to you know that like you said is is the um you know if we actually look at it from a from what happens within the brain, like the axon is delivering the message, mm-hmm. right, or t- or taking the or trying to to. Um, send the connection um, and but it, it's it's the experience and also learning from from previous experience totally. that actually makes the neural connection um, and and you know for me that was uh, I was you know I've got I've kind of from learning about all of this I've come up with this I guess four-step process in mm-hmm. a sense like in, and it's mainly to, to help people um, and and also help people understand consciousness and mindfulness but i think 
it's basically consciousness mindfulness critical thinking systems for success now the without you can't be mindful unless you're conscious mm-hmm. right or unless you um, become more conscious now there's two sides to that there's the bare attention side of consciousness and then there's also the um, perceiving and knowing and knowing you know so being able to identify um, and identify the thought um, and realize that that is the um, byproduct of um, yeah. some processes in itself absolutely right and and that's and I think that allows you to remove the self mm. um, and you know then obviously that there is the science of being mindful is mm-hmm. the ability for you to, in any moment to remove um, remove any uh, or uh, detach yourself from the thought and actually um, analyze the thought and then react less emotionally or, or, comp- yeah, or totally. not emotionally compromise or, or listen to the thought yeah and I mean you know uh, I think we spoke a bit about that sort of survival mechanism where um, you know evolutionarily if you have that situation where you're replaying an event where you maybe did something wrong or you failed you perceive that you failed and you replay that over and over and over again in your head that's a mechanism that has evolved with us to help us survive if you're someone who doesn't do that evolutionarily speaking you may make a mistake next time that ends up in you not passing on your genes um, if you make a, an, a social faux pas and then you kind of feel a bit ashamed about that and you play it over your head and you cringe at it and you're like, fuck, why did I say that? Why did I do that? And you play it over and over again. Again, that's, that's helping you to stop being ostracized from the group in the future because if you got ostracized from the tribe way back when, again, your chances of surviving are really, really low. And so you have to recognize that we have gotten to a point in our evolution where that doesn't serve us so well in the modern world in many cases. Mm. And if you can recognize that and you can understand that that is a physical process that's occurring in your brain, it's a structural sort of thing that's happening, it does help you remove some of that uh, emotion. It helps you be more mindful of what's going on. You can recognize what's happening, you know, and, and from there you can kind of be less judgmental about things. You can see things a bit more objectively and you can make... Um, better choices to kind of alter those processes, I suppose. Hundred percent, and and you know we'll tie this back in with um, something that we talked about from a, a you know at Systems and Synergy where yourself and Jordan presented, and um, you know one of the big topics there was thinking critically, mm. um, and I'm going to tie this in with my my four step process that I've kind of yeah, um, totally. put together is like okay, so in order for you to think critically, you need to be mindful. So. Imagine that every time with a client, if we were, say, putting together a program, every time they didn't follow it, right, we told them it was their fault Mm. because of the person they are, right? Like, nothing would get achieved, right? So we have to, again, it's if we can actually look at ourselves like that and look at the thoughts that we have about our own life as... It's almost like imagine you're the PT of your life. Yeah, right? totally, like, yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's the, the that's almost like the subjective perception, and mm-hmm. that's that that's consciousness as a, as a, you know, as a um, as a physical way to I guess uh, explain it is. Mm. I often say is like you know, um, you know, to anyone that I'm trying to explain it to because it's obviously something that's very hard to explain. Like if you're not if you haven't been exposed to this concept before of that subjective perception and the ability to not just have consciousness as bare attention but also the ability to um, uh, 
almost look at your th- your thoughts from that subjective perception then you think it's bogus you're just like what the fuck totally. are you talking about yeah. right like it's and it's so hard but you know I, I often talk about it like imagine like the simpsons right and this is this is fucking funny but imagine like how they would if you know whether you believe in god or not like that's not my it's not what this is about but imagine like the simpsons and how they perceive god mm-hmm. like this guy looking down from the clouds watching over everything you do yep um but he's obviously a really nice guy yeah so that's like for me that's mindfulness it's like you know imagine you're this really nice guy that doesn't judge anyone and you're looking at the thoughts you're having and you're looking at the way you're acting in any moment that ability to identify Right in itself, from a, a neuroscience standpoint, is actually going. That's a process in itself. Like that's that's making connections there. Like mm-hmm. that's a skill. Like mm-hmm. like that's that's a part of that. And I think that's where we talked about it. Um, I'm hoping we got it at the start, and I'm hoping it was at the start. Is <clears throat> that murky water? Like all of a sudden you cross yeah. over. Like that for me is the crossover. It's making those neural connections. And building the skill of identifying the thought while having no totally. self yeah, or yeah, removing yeah. the self. Absolutely. And that could, like, for me, that's where the consciousness side of it can really, um, and you can take that leap. And then all of a sudden, like, it's, if you're, uh, this is where the reward system comes in. Like, if you can get that gating pathway right and mm-hmm. you're achieving the right reward for what is actually happening from a, a, a neural perspective so you know you understand that if I make that connection and have the ability to identify the thought and be mindful and my reward system is right then I'm going to keep doing it and then that's obviously how the skill of yeah. that er- evolves and then you, you wonder how these people um, you know we talk about consciousness and levels of consciousness like mm-hmm. for me that's I, I could be wrong but for me that makes sense mm-hmm. um, and that's that's like you know we're probably never going to know if it's right or wrong. Or, sure. You know, we might might not be in it's our lifetime. It's a difficult lifetime. topic, yeah. Might not be in our lifetime, but I certainly think it's a great perspective to come from and especially to help people when they're struggling with overwhelm. Um, I think it's the only way. Like, you know, mm. I, I get really... Um, I just don't think that it's, it's not as clear-cut as strong and weak mindset. Like, it's just no not way. the way to think about it yeah. anymore, you know? Like, we're past that and I think... The, the metacognition side of it and the ability to learn about this actual process. It's funny, this book talks about it is, um, you know, the way they used to deal with OCD is just make people wash their hands or put their hands in, like someone who obviously had the OCD with washing their hands, they would make just put their hands in um, a toilet bowl. <laughs> and and then not let them wash them and then like that was the only way and then like that that's fucking cruel like yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's like we can't do that anymore and and what they're going is is the way they actually um they are the way they actually teach them to overcome it is actually teaching them that it is um yeah like teaching the, them about the actual process this is how with, it works right yeah, it's yeah, yeah. A, i mean it's equivalent to like if you're not doing what you want to do with your work it's like beating yourself up over like fuck i didn't study for an hour today and then just forcing yourself to like slog through a six-hour day of study. I mean, that's the equivalent, right? Instead yeah. of being like, well, listen, it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Here's a better process-driven way of doing it. Yeah, 100%. And, and like that's what they talk about is like, you know, the results and the studies show that with, with that, that process of just... And like we said before, it, it is a, 
it is creating these neurolog these new, uh, neuro connections in mm. itself. Yeah. Right. And that's I think that's what we talk about when we're talking about evolving the brain and, mm. and these kind of things is it's 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 really interesting because it's that's the consciousness side of it and and that's the the process of it and I think um that's why I, I, I like I was I'm very excited to talk to you about it because we can mm. kind of we you know as I said you know me and you have talked about this we come from different sides of the fence but I feel like we're we're also meeting in the middle a little bit yeah. you know what I mean like I'm starting to cross over and and un- understand the mindset side and and the you know basically what happens from a, a you know within the brain and mm. and um I think it's really really cool and I wanted to get your your opinion on it um and I think we've covered it well and I think that speaks true to the the process driven and and I really wanted people to hear that conversation is because this is if there was ever a uh, you know you obviously can say that you can we could sit here right now and be like you've got to be process driven yep. right but to to anyone out there who's really really struggling that doesn't mean anything like the, yeah, their totally. mind is purely on the outcome and mm-hmm. like you know that's the thing is like outcomes create direction but they're not like it really is the process that matters it's not just this saying that yeah totally. like from a scientific Absolutely. standpoint it becomes so important yeah i agree i totally agree um if there's one thing that's kind of moved me forward over time it is being just that process oriented and and you get to a point where you do look back it's almost like retroactively looking back at outcomes because you kind of if i look at where i am now and i look back six months and i go right i've improved so much and if i think about where i was at then and if i could have given myself a goal of being where i am now i would be extremely happy you know what i mean so it's almost looking at it retroactively in that sense but if you are process driven, then you can you can look back any period of time and be like, I'm I'm improving, I'm getting better. And that's like you know that almost what you just said there represents gratitude for me. Is like mm. you know like you're you're looking back at where you were. Like I think that's something that we don't do enough. Yeah, is like we you know we I understand what you're saying. Like I do it sometimes as well, and I think about the stuff that I was like doing at the time or like you know what my knowledge was on certain subjects and these kind of things and I almost laughed to myself yeah um but then you know if that's almost the subjective perception as well because unless you're doing that right you're, you're only focused on what you haven't done rather than what of you course, have of course yeah and, uh, and it's like it's super interesting because I think if you take that mindset then it ends up being you you lose that sense of overwhelm to an extent because you know if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to be better. Like I know I'm 31 years old now. I know when I'm 35, I'm going to be twice as good as I am now. I got no doubt about that. And it's just, uh, you know, so that, uh, that sense of overwhelm tends to start, it just starts to evaporate because you've got the process down. And it's like, if I just stick to it, I've got the evidence that every six months, I feel I've gotten substantially better. It means in six months from now, I will be better and I will be exponentially better every six months hence. What was that quote, Jamie? Um, Jamie Smith yeah, said. yesterday's problems are oh, yesterday's uh, problems are today's yesterday's goals are today's problems no no yesterday's problems are today's wins or something like that isn't yeah it? but that's what he's talking about yeah and I think that's what he's talking about from like the you know obviously the perspective we're talking about it right now and I mm-hmm. think um, you know it, it's it's 100% true like I'm more than anyone really hard on myself um, and and I go really hard on myself in certain situations and then I sit there and I go like I turned 26 last week and I was like, like I've only been in the industry six, six years probably like 
fuck man like and, and like i i just look at where i was a year ago compared to where i am now and it's that same thing is like it, it helps you trust the process more like mm. you know i um, i took a leaf out of your book and 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 i really did in terms of and i, I this is i literally took it out of your book like i was with the stuff you say is like i listen and cool. you know um every day now i'm reading and i've been doing this probably the last maybe i would say eight months is reading and and yeah. i write notes and then i look over my notes at lunchtime and i look over them again before bed awesome man. um and and like i can honestly say that i think i've progressed the most since i've started doing that but i don't just do it on i i have certain subjects that i know i need to learn about so i'll read about business i'll read about personal development yeah. i'll read about you know the stuff we're talking about now like the neuroscience I'll read about like the psychology stuff and then um but it's the same process and like i just get better and better and better at that process and then mm. that allows me it's like anything right it's like you know you're not reading and i think this is where meditation comes in is like the whole science of meditation is not it's a skill right like it is the skill yeah for sure right so it's it's and i think this is where people go wrong is they they expect to feel good straight after they meditate and it's like it has nothing to do with that time yeah it's the crossover outside of that and i think that's the same with like reading and, and learning and we can connect it back to what we we're saying before is you know the skill of acquiring skills is like you know that doesn't change yep. you know and that's a that's a mechanism in itself so it's like okay well you know now that i'm good at the process is like i can just cross over but it's not you know i don't learn during my reading yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's it's i think sam harris said that really nicely about meditation the goal is not to sit there with a quiet mind and just enjoy that the goal is to struggle with it you know because 100%. that's what makes you better it's like you're getting better for every second that you're spending trying to push thoughts away and focus on your breath that's when you're getting better right it's not all like you're applying those skills to other parts of your life the mindfulness it's not about sitting there and like oh everything's peachy now i'm process driven like it's just man and, and you know what like this is a cool story and this is gonna this is like gonna emulate exactly what i'm talking we're talking about is on the 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 silent retreat that we did well i did um this is gonna go a little bit like spiritual but mm -hmm. i'm gonna tell it because i think it it just explains it is you know um so for the first four days i felt amazing and then they had this thing there that and they call it a um uh what are those things called like mazes the round mazes yeah 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 uh, like a labyrinth labyrinth that's yeah. it the science of labyrinths like well the the meaning behind them is really cool but um we won't go into that now but basically it's a labyrinth meditation so before you go in um they had a pile of rocks there and each rock had a word on it and you've got to pick a rock which is meant to give you extreme clarity because while you're walking the labyrinth and you're focusing on your breathing they st i don't know the, whether this is true or not you probably have to tell me but they say you go from left side of the brain to right side of the brain mm-hmm right simply from just walking the labyrinth mm -hmm. right so it's been to give you extreme clarity on the word on the rock okay um and i um you know i was in a silent meditation right so a silent retreat for the whole seven days so i didn't talk for the seven days um you know we we're meditating for like three or four hours a day so it was pretty intensive like mm -hmm. i've never done anything like that before and anyway it was my i'm like i got to day four and i was feeling on top of the world like i hadn't looked at my phone hadn't talked to anyone just felt amazing like eating great food and like just in touch with nature like man waking up at 4 30 in the morning like it's a piece of cake going to bed at 7 30 at night because mm -hmm. like as soon as it gets dark there's no blue light or anything like yeah. it's just done so i was feeling amazing and and you know like i think i got i got i i went too far into the feeling good phase and then 
<laughs> the next day it was really funny this fucking this lady was like really really spiritual mm. like overly yeah like fucking taking us through a meditation and she was talking and hadn't heard anyone talk for four days mind you so but she started just like you know, like it was like a, it was like almost like I was in church. Yeah, just carrying on. And I was like, "This month, this is fucking ruining my meditation." <laughs> like that's in my head what I'm thinking, yeah. and I'm like, "She's fucking ruining my meditation." Fuck. And then I just sat there for an hour being frustrated. So like meditations that were going for like maybe there were sixty minutes each time, but for two minutes felt like two minutes. Like it was mm. just like boom. And then this one felt like it was like six days long. <laughs> and then anyway, um, that was after i did the labyrinth meditation so i did the labyrinth meditation and my my rock was patience Mm -hmm. um and that that's what i gained clarity on and then you know it was you know the key to like this is just going on a tangent but the key to um joy is unconditional patience Mm -hmm. in any moment sure fuck at the time man that felt like it was like the biggest (laughs) thing ever to me like you know i don't know whether i was just caught up in the moment whatever it was but the next day i that was when shit went wrong like on the thing so obviously Mm. i felt good the whole time and then you know when you're on a silent retreat you don't have a phone to mask any issues you don't have anyone to talk to it's you and you and um from going frustrated from that that kind of um that meditation with that lady i walked away and i was you know i became conscious of the actual fact that i was frustrated so i identified you're frustrated like and then i started going you're not fucking living with patience Right, like you, you, you know, you got shown this lesson last night, and then you just got slapped in the face with it. Yeah. And then I started to think about every other little thing that I wasn't patient with in my life, like some pretty deep shit. Mm. I cried, man. I went and sat there and I cried for three or four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but and the reason I brought that up is, you know, what made me realize is that I was, you know, after I finished and I realized that. I didn't just get taught the lesson the night before and it's you know I'm not saying that it was sent from fucking God or anything like that it's a neural connection like it's sure. it's that it's the process but it was the fact that I realized mm. in the moment while I was crying that I got shown this lesson but then I got fucking slapped in the face with it yep right totally but that's the thing is like it's it's not that's what made like the patience thing almost represents the process driven mm-hmm. right like and then it was that in the moment right that it would you don't it's not just roses right like it was like you know in order to make the neural connection you it's meant to be hard yes it's and that's what the silent retreat was it was absolutely like, you know what i mean so it's like that for me is represents what you were talking about before yeah. is like um you know the only reason i made the neural connection and and it allows me you know that put me in good stead for ever now because i experienced that what i learned the lesson the night before so that's the uh, maybe we can we can tr- I can try break this down is the axon making its way yes. and then it was the experience that actually made the neural connection in that moment yeah. which then obviously leads me to being able to do that on a consistent basis moving forward yep. um, and obviously because there was emotion involved it makes it even more powerful right? even more powerful mm-hmm. so the neural connection stays and then all of a sudden I get to make better decisions yeah moving forward I think you know it's that's an important point because I think um I suppose you've alluded to it now, but it's it's when stuff is difficult is when you learn. So I think there's there's a, a well-known phenomenon in learning science where um, people tend to go over things uh, that they know well too much. So mm-hmm. it's like when you've made a neural connection and you know something like that, 
or you've learned a skill that's pretty easy for you to execute without thinking, going over that again and again and again is not actually helpful. Your attitude towards learning and this process is really important because it's when it's difficult when you, is when you're actually getting the benefit mm-hmm. and when those neural connections are forming. Because if they were already formed, it would be easy because you would just light up that neural pathway and it would just happen. It would be easy for you. It's like muscle memory, mm-hmm. um, so they call it. But you know, in reality, if we're trying to forge a neural connection, you've got to struggle because it's got to grow. It's got to fight to form. Um, and that's where you get the benefit. Is that almost like a if we look at it from a philosophical point of view and say, okay, well, um, you know, if something's hard, dig the heels in even more or like, you know, when things get hard, keep going and, you know, push and all that kind of stuff. I think I think there's a part of it that is like, you know, they say sort of lean into discomfort. Like I know a lot of people listening to this are not going to want to sit down and read a textbook for half an hour a day and write notes on it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't enjoy it really I, I enjoy it because i know it's good for me you know it's the same as like sometimes when you're training you're like well i gotta do it because i know it's good mm-hmm. for me i know it's getting me somewhere i've felt the benefits of it before but sometimes you just don't want to do it and you've got to lean into that discomfort and just get it done and that's probably sometimes when you can do your best learning right it's uh, like, absolutely for like, sure you see it as an opportunity right you, you got to reframe it that way yeah and i think like yeah and, and that's what i was kind of hinting to is like that in itself is a mechanism is like yes know, if and it's like you can for me it's about the reward system thing again it's like you know Mm. um, when things get hard or things get tough or you don't feel like doing something and and these kind of things is you know sometimes it's maybe not about what you're going to learn in the textbook but it's making because like you might make a neural connection from something you're learning in the textbook but you might also make a neural connection from just sitting down and feeling the pain and then getting the reward system on the back end right which i think is cool because i think that's where people go wrong right they like you know and that's why i'm that's you know where i come from from why i'm learning about it is not because you know reading a textbook creates the neurological connection and creates the memory and and you learn but almost the other side of that which is going on in the background is the neural connection of um feeling pain and and getting the reward system yeah right. and, and that's part of habit formation right yeah and, and i think w- what part of the brain controls habit formation well i mean it's all of that stuff right so it's like all yeah, of that stuff. i think it does have something with striatum as well yeah yeah totally but yeah. i mean i think those sections of the brain tend to just be where certain neurons associated with certain actions or motor control or whatever it is tend to reside but they're all connecting with each other yeah you know? making that's the the, the, it's the pathway. pathways that go yeah through everything. yeah and that's the thing and that's what i was saying with the cds they're not getting the right reward from the habit mm. that they're creating because mm. they you know they're getting the um the emotion and the motor action right is the ability to do the habit but then they're not getting the reward system the reward for that habit which is what you would normally get if you don't like i'll, I'll be honest i've got ocd so mm-hmm. uh not with everything but with when i go to the footy Yep. I'm a weirdo, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like it's it's pretty bad. But and then I think it's interesting because I still do it. Yeah. And, yep. and the re- you know want to know you want to know what caused this mm. is what caused my OCD to happen. And this is why I, I loved learning and reading this book so much. Is I I love the Richmond Tigers. We're in playing in the grand final this week. Yep. And um, I went and watched the game, and then I didn't see us lose a game for two years yeah right and I went to every home game 
and it was because I drank my water a certain way. It was because I wore my scarf a certain way. Yeah, I wore so the you're same, reinforcing it, right? I wore the same clothes for two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Religious. Like, I placed more emphasis on that going into a weekend than I did anything else. Yeah. And it's interesting because I still fucking do it. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> but I still do it, right? Yeah. And it's that reward system is broken. It's like, mm. you know, I, I feel like I'm getting the reward and really, it's not. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me doing anything. Yeah. Right? But guess what? we haven't lost a game in 10 games we're going <laughs> yeah. into the grand final yeah. I'm not fucking yeah. changing it but you know that's that's the that's the funny thing about this is is you know I look at it all now and it starts to make sense in my head and I think I, I wanted to expose people to it on this podcast is because I can talk about it and I mean you've got a lot more knowledge on the matter from a neuroscience standpoint mm. and, and I think that's where people go wrong is they think that mindfulness, consciousness, all this stuff isn't a science. It's just a bit of hocus pocus that some people talk about yep. um, when really there's a science to it and it really shows in what we've just talked about from a, a standpoint totally. in that. Um, last we're gonna, last little bit of a, a topic that I want to cover, is there a conversation that changed everything for you? Uh, man, I don't know. I think it's it's maybe just uh, an aggregation of little conversations with myself in in a way. Um, in some ways, I think uh, comparison is the thief of joy, and so having um, looking out at at other people who I feel are successful or comparing myself to other people was simultaneously motivating and terrifying. Um, and so I think probably just really. Uh, focusing on myself and what I needed to improve and, and, and what processes I needed to engage in to get better was really something that pushed me along the most and identifying what uh, what mattered to me most, what my priorities were. And I've spoken about this before because I speak about budgeting a lot. And the reason why I speak about budgeting a lot is not because, I mean, I think it's very important from a financial perspective, but from a, a more philosophical perspective, it helps you put things into priorities in your life, mm. helps you identify your maybe your weak points where you're not doing so well and you need to mm. improve. It helps you identify where you want to put your energy. Um, and so for me, that kind of, I think that, that process was almost a conversation with myself of really asking myself, like, what are my priorities? Um, and it, it shifted from being outcome oriented because I, as I learned that continued to change. Like I mentioned before, you know, once you've hit a certain financial goal or you've achieved something, there's something else to go to every time. And I sort of sat down and just thought, well, if that's going to happen every time, why not just set the bar really low? You know what I mean? Like what's the point of aiming high then? Mm. Um, but understanding that it was more about the process that got me there. That was the important part. So I think that was probably it if anything i don't know that there's uh any one person in particular that, that i've had a conversation with that's really changed my life in that way um but i think that was probably something that was more an internal dialogue that happened for me over the last maybe five years or so i really like that the the, the kind of philosophical point of view from budgeting i think that's really cool yeah yeah um, and I, I think that's why I, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued with philosophy as well because I think we can learn a lot from it and it helps with our ability to learn. Yeah. Is like you, uh, you, you talk about it a bit as well as using metaphors and these kind of things helps us to grasp a certain yeah. concept and these kind of things. So that's really cool. Um, awesome, man. We're going to wrap it up there. Cool. Because um, we've d dived pretty deep into a few Sweet. things. Hopefully not everyone is um, too confused with that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a tough topic. Yeah. Jamie, if you're listening, what it is, is it's 
today's problems are yesterday's goals. I yes. thought about it right after yes, he said yes, it. Yes. We were getting it the wrong way around. <laughs> if he's listening, he's probably screaming, <laughs> going, idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it in the end. Yeah, um, but it's a great quote. Yeah, well, we, we kind of put a bit of a bit of a method to the madness, right? Mm. Made a bit of a, uh, put a bit of science to the actual quotes. And I think that's cool. Like, you can do that. And I think that's what, the, you know, you've got to obviously go do your research and your investigation yourself. But yeah. You know, there is science to these things. Yeah, it makes it more real for people. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Awesome, um, brother. F- just for the people out there that want to, you know, kind of know a bit more about yourself and where they can find you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Instagram, Luke Tullick. I think there's an underscore at the front of that. Um, so, I'm on there. I'm pretty active there, answering questions and stuff. And then my website is LukeTullick.com. I've started writing blogs. I've got podcasts which we'll have to get you on at some point when I start doing guests. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I'm up to, man. Yeah, cool. Um, if Guys, if uh, I really do recommend Luke and, and checking him out. He does a lot of great stuff. He's got a lot of great courses, That, um, especially if you're a PT out there. Um, you know, he, he will give you the foundations that you need to have a successful career. Um, we're very lucky to have him presenting the PT Mastery Program quite regularly. Um, mm. And also, you know, with our new seminar that we're doing, Systems and Synergy with, yeah. uh, with Jordan Shallow, um, Honestly, like sitting there as a spectator myself and, and sitting down and listening to you guys to talk together, it, it really integrates really well. And um, yeah. if you haven't uh, checked out Luke previously, make sure you do. Thanks, man. It's been a blessing. Very nice.